Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. What's up? My name is Riggs from 103.7 KISS FM in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. If you turned on the TV or logged on to the internet in the last six or seven months, the police department has been top of the news. And most of that news is really pretty bad. And I don't know if you recall, but back on January 6th on this very podcast, I talked to a gentleman named Chris Prohut. Chris is a former police officer and now travels the country training police officers to look out for their own, watching for signs of suicide, depression, anxiety. Because law enforcement encounters an incredible amount of trauma on a day-to-day basis. And now they're being shoveled this crap sandwich from all the bad a-holes who are out there. How can law enforcement continue to manage this mental health struggle while simultaneously dealing with an incredibly negative public perspective? What can they do for themselves? What can the public do to help the good cops that are out there? I would encourage you to listen to this podcast and then go back and listen to Chris's episode on January 6th. He's got an amazing story and he's my guest for a second time for Mental Health Monday. Now no longer a police officer, Chris works for Coles. So tell us real quick in a nutshell, give us like your Twitter bio. All right. So, well, you mentioned Coles. So I'm a risk analyst at Coles. Okay. So I find the root problems of ways that can people defraud companies. Okay. So that's kind of interesting that risk is also involved in the presentations that I do yeah. about the risk of suicide within law enforcement. Okay. So a law enforcement suicide prevention trainer and mental health advocate. And law enforcement suicide is something that not a lot of people talk about because let's think about the police officers first of all. You're always being called into the worst situations possible. People don't call you to say, hey, unless you're going to a parade or something, you're always being with people at their worst moments. And then these officers have to go home and deal with that on their own time. And I was just attending one of your presentations today, which was fascinating, by the way. And I love how you drew so many parallels to your own life as an officer because you were in Bolingbrook, Illinois, correct? That's correct. And yes. you worked your way up th- through the ranks there and you had your own struggles, even almost a suicide attempt. Yeah, so I had a, a 12-year career in Bolingbrook, Illinois, uh, working my way up to commander. Yeah. And we had a, a large... Uh, incident with one of our own uh, that was cast in the media for many, many months. And it was my job to try to change public's perception. Yeah. And that stress, spin things. Yes. Yes. Or or unspin them because things got spun, you know, not in a good light on the police department. And that stress, uh, yeah, crushed me to the point where I thought that my only option was to end my life because there was so much pain and so many things that I had to fix, which seemed insurmountable at the time. And that's just one aspect of the job. Like you said, okay, you go to a call and then you go to another call and they could be two different things and you even haven't had the time to process that first call. And then you gotta go home and debrief everything in your own brain. 
and doing that on your own is dangerous in any situation. So you talk a lot about talking things out and getting things out into the open and talk to end stigma is your website as well. Yes, it is. Because talk can really get things out and flush them out of your system. Now, my concern comes for police officers now and law enforcement because obviously there has been a very dark shadow cast on law enforcement with... Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake, George Floyd. I could go on and on with all of the ones that are publicized. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this is a portion of bad cops, the bad apples, if you will. But now you have a large portion of good officers who are dealing with the stress of their everyday work, the horrifo- the horrifying things that they're seeing on the job. And now they're going home, turning on the TV, and they've got people saying, all cops are bad, defund the police, get rid of cops, abolish the police, even though that may not be some people's intentions. Some of them are, some of them aren't. But what do you, are you starting to interweave that into your presentations as well, or will you? Because I feel like this is a whole new animal for police officers to have to deal with. I think that it uh, has always been there, and you summed it up very well. Um, they're getting hit from from all angles. It's not just one event, but it's like, well, what's going to happen next month? So any gains that you have in the public's trust, all of a sudden you turn on the news next month and it's it's gone again. Yeah. Uh, I will, I think, stress more about not worrying about public's perception. But the problem is when they go on calls, they get treated differently now. Um, where maybe it would have been a simple, you know, theft. Well, now they'll bring in, well, are you going to hurt me? Because that's what you did to Breonna Taylor, you know, or, yeah. you know, you you're only... You shot Jacob Blake seven times. Are you going to shoot are me? Are you going to shoot me? And, you know, they're, they're throwing that out there to try to get a response. And yeah. unfortunately, with all these stresses, whether it's lack of sleep or, you know, people calling in sick because they don't want to deal with the pressure. So now I've got to work extra hours. I've got difficulties at home. I've got financial problems. And now I've got the public who I'm serving. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to help you bad-mouthing me in front of my face, but I'm supposed to, you know, keep good composure and not lose it. And it's, I don't want to phrase things incorrectly, but it seems that the public all of a sudden has leeway where the cops have to hold the line very tight sure. and keep their mouths closed. But it's going to come out at some point, right. whether it's when they go home, you know, well, my kid has homework. Well, I can't do that right now because, you know, and they, they're charged up. Where does that energy end up going? Yeah, because it's got to go somewhere. It, that it has to you, go somewhere. You can't lash out on the public because Correct. now you're, you're making a bad scene. Everybody has a cell phone now, so your little outburst is now look at this a-hole cop now. Here's another one. Now you're the next one on the news. You're the next story. That's right. What can the public do to support police officers? Because some of them would say like, well, they don't want to support police officers because they see all of this in the news. They see this in the media. Are there anything, is there anything that the public can do, the general John Q public to maybe support an officer to help them out just to kind of show even the good ones? Because there are a lot there. I really feel there are more good cops than there are bad cops. There really are. There's also more good black people than there are bad black people. There are more good white people than there are bad people. But when you have social media and news shining the spotlight on the bad ones, it makes it seem a lot worse because you see it all the time. You see it over and over again. And you do see it because that's what sells the advertising for the media, right? You're not going to have, oh, look, you know, Johnny was walked to school today by Officer Dale I don't care about that. Right. But now you have something that's sensational. That's what's going to lead. Yeah. Right. So I, I think the public 
needs to take a step back and say, yes, you know, is this really portraying police in the light that everybody is? Or, you know, am I lumping all the good ones in with the one bad apple, as you said? Right. But I also think for the officers, yes, perception becomes reality. You know, if that's the perception that, you know, all police officers are bad and then you start to see that on these calls, then it, well, maybe, maybe we really are. No, don't take that as, as your image. So the public, you know, we, we see the back the badge signs. Yeah. Um, you know, if the public wants to get involved, I think knowledge is power. They have citizen police academies that they can join where they can learn about law enforcement and the split decisions that they have to make and use of force, which is obviously a big topic, you know. Yeah. Well, why didn't they just tase him when he had a knife? Well, you don't bring, you know, uh, you bring a gun to a knife fight. You don't bring a taser. Yeah. Or, you know, why didn't they just talk to him? Or, you know, we don't have the whole story when they watch it on the news. Um, say hi to the officers. Thank them for the job. You know, realize that could you do that job? Could you step in there? And that these guys are seeing things that the public may not see in their entire lifetime. They might see it in that eight-hour day. They may have just come from, you know, a death of a baby. Now, I'm not trying to give them, well, that's the reason that they're acting like jerks out there. Sure. No, but everybody's going through something, and even cops, they're human too. They have emotions. They're going to respond. How do, you, how do you, what's some advice you could give to people that want to support the police and also simultaneously want to hold bad police accountable, like myself? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you need to pick a side in this. I think the side should just be justice and equality and equal treatment and fair situations but it should also be a 360 degree picture of well now you've got an officer whose life has forever changed because he took someone's life and you have a family who now has a father a brother a son who is missing so what can you give to somebody who's really hard on one side or the other to kind of see that picture being coming from law enforcement does that make sense it does and i think that what you should do is look at the behavior and not the uniform you know like we saw the behavior of the use of force you know you know a knee on somebody's neck and they're trying to gasp for air that's the behavior of that particular officer at that particular moment doesn't mean that you know the greendale pd officer is going to act that same way he's a totally different person that's a totally different department so look at the behavior not the color of somebody's skin or the uniform that they wear it's that particular person's behavior. But too often, yeah, we cast this wide net, don't we? Yeah. And we lump everybody together. We saw one bad thing, therefore they're all. And it's not. And if you, like we were talking about Citizens Police Academy, you will learn the different behaviors and the split-second decisions that they have to make so that you can understand, oh, that is wrong. That's wrong because I can apply it to this rather than just me guessing. Well, that just looks wrong. The officer can't grab him like that. Actually, he can because of this case or this case or this situation. So they can have a better lens to look through and make those critiques. Right. Unfortunately, the Monday morning quarterback critiques, you know, the officer's rare. Right now, he made a decision. And that's not to discount the unfair treatment in some situations Absolutely. of minorities and citizens in general where you do see that and you go, wow, that George Floyd, I mean, that was, I think that was something that the entire country could say. That's bad. That's bad. Right? That's correct. It was really bad. You almost don't even need to have a training in that, no. right? You can go, 
that's bad. Anybody right? with two eyes can go, <laughs> yes, that's, that was horrible. Yes. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I guess I just wanted to kind of get your perspective on that because maybe a police officer will hear this. Maybe somebody who's very angry at police officers will hear this. Maybe somebody who's very angry at the, the African-American community because of the Black Lives Matter movement. And there's so much divisiveness and hatred going on in the country. I, I wanted to talk to all sides about this. And I'd love to go talk to somebody from the black community as well about this, how they perceive police officers. Because I know there's been a mistrust with that community and police that goes deep for years. Yes. For years. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I did when I was an officer is we had community policing. So we went out to the community, not because they called us, but just to get to know them. We did picnics and a lot of people said, well, that's not real police work. You know, you're having bicycle rodeos with the kids. We're building relationships. We're building that trust. We're seeing officers outside of the norm when things are always bad. So wow, they really are. They really like to laugh or tell jokes or have pizza with us or watch a movie. Yeah, because we're, we're all just human. So I think it humanizes the people behind the badge yeah. rather than you know, putting this barrier up. And, and you had mentioned something about you know, there's these, the, the relationships. And unfortunately, I, I, I think a lot of people go, well, I had an encounter with an officer you know, on a traffic stop and he didn't treat me very well. Now I get stopped again it's going to be the same way. Mm-hmm. Try not to put that on somebody else. Don't project those beliefs onto somebody else because now you're not even giving that officer a chance. Maybe this is the best traffic stop that you could have ever had, but because of your bad uh, experience before and not your fault, your behavior has kind of changed a little bit now mm-hmm. and the officer doesn't have a chance to make it a good traffic stop or give you a warning ticket because yeah. things have gone bad in the past, so they must, you know, they can't change. Well, exactly. they, they actually can do you think there could be anything done to within police as well to kind of help rooting out those the bad ones? They well, need to step up. What I've been reading is, you know, they do have an internal affairs office, sure. but people need to step forward. And you're correct. There's that that blue line, right? You don't cross the blue line. You don't tell on your brothers and sisters in blue. And I think that there is a, a paradigm shift that's that's happening where more departments are watching the behaviors of their officers before it becomes a problem where there's a complaint. So maybe you have somebody who says, uh, you know, Riggs was a little, a little loud. I think he handled things a little bit different. So maybe we should send him to cultural diversity training on yeah. that. Um, so maybe not it's, if, some, if a behavior is wrong, you automatically get punished. Sometimes I think it's a training opportunity. Maybe they didn't know how to act, so they were just kind of off the cuff. Sure. So I think... More training can certainly help. Yeah. But then I think people will be more vocal then knowing, okay, if it was rigs or something that I could pull them aside and say, hey, I'm not going to try to get you in trouble, but we can get you to this training. Use this as a learning opportunity. Absolutely. Rather than a discipline because they didn't learn anything then, right? Now you're going to discipline me. I'm going to get two days off. Well, I haven't learned anything other than maybe don't do that again. Well, what if it happens again? I still don't know how to handle the situation. Yeah. Well, so I think more training, but then I think they're also saying, you know, well, what officers have gotten the most complaints? Yeah. You know, and what can, we got to track those a little bit better. Yeah. Um, rather than kind of putting it in the file and forgetting about that. What is the root cause of that? Mm-hmm. Was there something going on in that officer's life that caused him to, let's say, act out mm-hmm. in this particular event? Yeah. Maybe why does he hold these biases towards people of color? Why is he acting this way when he stops black people as opposed to white people? That's correct. What is his what is his experience with? You don't know his track record. And you're saying maybe a better way to 
document that could help. Yes. Could help, right. Yep. Oh, we, we saw that again. You know, they, uh, Departments have so much invested in their officers. Training and uniforms, I mean, you know, there's a lot invested rather than just getting rid of somebody. You made a you made an error. Let's let's fix that. Okay, yeah. let's mold you into a better officer rather than just cut you out. And I think that's why officers won't tell on other officers. Right. And then I'm going to ruin their career. Yeah. Yeah, repeated bad behaviors. All right, now you're out. This is an op- This is well, we've we've addressed this. Yes, correct. <laughs> this is a right. continued progressive problem. discipline. Yes, yes, absolutely. You are not taking uh, the correct steps to correct your behavior. We're going to remove you from the situation. So, and police officers are held to a higher standard, and absolutely yeah. they should be. They should. Be, They've yes. got a lot of power and responsibility. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And when they start to abuse that, it needs to be put in check. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, reel them back in. I don't think anybody would uh, disagree with that. No, not at all. I wish we had the the answers, but I do too, but we're just two guys with microphones. <laughs> That's we're just right. a couple of mental health advocates, <laughs> we're a radio to... guy and a former police officer <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out the meaning of life. Exactly. That's right. Where do you see the future of law enforcement going? I think well, I guess in my lens it's going to be more on mental wellness. Yeah. Just having well officers. Because they're going to make the decisions based off of the status of their brain, basically, yeah. right? I mean, that's what all the decisions are made off of. And if it's not well taken care of, I think 20 years ago, it was all about physical fitness. You know, we got to build big gyms. Yeah, yes. get the guys in shape. Yeah. We still, right, because people are going to attack you and you got to be able to fend yourself off. That's right. I'm worried about after they attack you, what's, well, how are you going to process that, yeah. right? So more training, maybe more educational requirements for police officers too. That's brilliant. Brilliant. I know. (laughs) We we train you physically. We should also train you mentally as well. And it all comes back again, full circle to mental health. And and it's very interesting because a lot of police work is social work, Mm -hmm. counseling people, juveniles, you know, domestic, you know, disputes. Well, here's what I think you should do in this situation. Well, having somebody show up to a domestic dispute with a trained counselor, maybe an officer in the car that's armed, would send the counselor in first to try to disarm the situation, de-escalate the situation. And if things escalate, you have someone there as backup. But But yeah, they wear many hats. Yeah. But I think we need to look in the mirror and go, maybe I should take some of my own advice here. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you do with the law enforcement community. I know your work is needed, and I saw the the reaction that you had to the group here at the uh, the Greendale Police Department, and you certainly you, you turned some heads with your story today. And I think anybody that's in law enforcement that's looking for like the help with the mental health and breaking down the stigma of medication and behaviors and speaking out when you have issues and not stuffing things down that's that's all great and i I really appreciate having you as a mental health advocate uh from the law enforcement side and from the male spectrum (laughs) spectrum of things because men suck at talking about their feelings so okay i'll second that yes yes that's good when we do well it was a great talk to you it was thank you very much. good to talk to you we hit on racial and social injustice police reform mental health suicide where else can we go? Oh, my gosh. We can change the world. <laughs> we, we could. <laughs> but again, just two guys with two microphones. That's true. Thank but you very much. But we're talking about it. And that's, we what's, are. that's the that's the Talking deal. about it is the best because talk really will save lives. Chris Prohut, talk2nstigma.com. 
Thank you for uh, for all you've done today, and thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. My pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would encourage you to leave it a review, a rating, five stars, three stars, one star. I don't care. It all helps my algorithm, and I love you for listening. I really do. So whatever it is you happen to be doing, enjoy your afternoon, your weekend, your evening, your night, your morning, and remember, make good life decisions.